You know, I've been listening to a lot of propaganda on the airwaves, listening to people like Ben Shapiro. And I come to the conclusion I know what what's wrong with America. It's people like Ben Shapiro. This little weasel guy get paid to sit on TV and burp out garbage out of his ass. You just pull it out of his ass to convince people that, hey, what's good for them is bad for them. As long as he's getting rich, because that little prick is getting rich. So, I'm listening to this little fucker, and I'm just listening to the garbage come out of his mouth. Why don't you guys just check it out for a moment? Just check him out, and just realize, people actually listen to this fucking guy? You know, that shows you that he don't respect the people he's talking to. Dr. Anthony Fauci makes waves before the Senate. Los Angeles makes moves to lockdown until, well, forever. And Democrats push a $3 trillion wish list. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. The Ben Shapiro Show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Why haven't you gotten a VPN yet? Visit expressvpn.com slash Ben. All righty, so... Dr. Anthony Fauci went before the Senate yesterday, and this caused all sorts of controversy. Now, frankly, I'm sort of perturbed at the controversy. Now, the reason being, I don't think that Fauci is a bad guy. I don't think that Fauci is out to ruin the American economy. I don't think that he's that, a see, maligned influence on President Trump. For, I think like, that Dr. Fauci is an epidemiologist, and his job is to be an epidemiologist. His job is to be a doctor now, of this little health, fucking guy has a lot of problems. His job is not to balance not all the risks and rewards. When Maybe you go to a doctor, you look for a diagnosis. Usually, the doctor puts before you a fair number of choices, and it is now think your about determination as to which choice that you listen see, to this right? guy's the bullshit. You have cancer, God forbid, and the doctor says to you, "Okay, so here are the day, choices: you can have a surgery. Here are the risks and then the possibilities. You can have chemotherapy. Bullshit here are the risks and the possibilities. Right or, depending on your age, maybe the best thing is to sort of let it take its course. If you're 85 years old and you have prostate cancer, maybe the treatment is actually worse than the disease. And now you have a bunch of choices in front of you. It is not the doctor's job to make the final determination." When it comes to public policymaking, our elected officials are elected to make exactly these determinations. Why? Well, because they're answerable to we. They are answerable to us. They're answerable to we the people. The fact that we are now looking to sort of delegate all decision-making authority to the experts is the is the tail end of the progressive era stupidity that suggested that if we just gave all power to the quote-unquote experts in government, then everything would magically be solved. Now, experts are good for what experts are good for. Experts are good for knowing a lot of things about one particular subject, but they're not famous for knowing. Now, I stopped him because what he was saying was a bunch of bullshit. But an expert is good for what? Expert is good for only things. He's an expert on bullshit. So he's telling us don't believe his bullshit. That's one. That's Ben Shapiro, a little weasel. That's what's wrong with the Let Republican Party. Let me give you a little something to think about. Yesterday, I posted a couple of things to my social media platforms. The first was a video of Donald Trump during his COVID-19 update press conference, where a reporter asked him about a tweet he put out on Mother's Day, suggesting that former President Barack Obama had committed egregious crimes. When the reporter asked Trump what those crimes were, he said, you know what they are. I don't need to tell you. And of course, he didn't tell us. He went on to say details still to come. And then I posted an article that suggested that black conservative pundit and talking head Candace Owens 
thought that racism had nothing to do with the killing of Ahmed Arbery. Nothing? You know, it seems as though all of these incidents in at least Ms. Owens' mind she are have a mind. That of bitch racism. off her meds. Well, needless to say, the comments were fast and furious when I posted these things. What I found interesting is that there were people who suggested that I was giving these people a platform and why was I you know, doing bullshit that? bullshit is thick in America. Well, let me remind you that the president's someone? news My conference was carried on shit all three networks. You know, I and never seen a black girl so goddamn stupid. And she getting paid to be that goddamn stupid. I looked at her. I follow her. Trust me, she's off her meds. So just like Kanye. Motherfuckers, stay on your meds. No, what I was doing Take was just every day. Because we see the results of it when you're not taking your fucking meds, Candace. these two individuals seem to do. Shut you the see, fuck up like Kanye. If President Trump suggest that there are crimes that the Obama administration and even President Obama committed, we won't look at the crimes that are certainly going on in his administration and the wrongdoing that he may be involved with. And then with Ms. Owens, I get it. You get headlines for these kinds of comments. Don't forget I Diamond have to and ask Silk. myself, sister, Woo. do you ever think Two that crazy these headlines bitches. aren't worth masking racism? No, we are in a dangerous time. So we need to make sure that we understand there is no such thing as cancel culture. People are still there. Whether you dog them on Twitter and Instagram or not, you can't just turn away from ignorant conversation. You see, that kind of thought is dangerous. We have to be assured that we are looking and seeking out wrong words and actions. Well, Let's bring them to light. That Ignoring played. these words and actions are unsafe. It's grievous. Let's make sure that we're making sure that we are on the fore and keeping these words stifled because they can be life-threatening. There you go. Get that son of a off the field right now. Damn, man. You my poser when I'm on freedom. You my poser when I'm on justice. You my poser when I'm on equality. And when you get on your knee and you don't respect the American flag or the anthem, that's not being treated with respect. It's not hate to say that we were kidnapped and brought here. It's true. And I felt when the hand went up, time was coming to an end. As he sees the U.S. flag as a symbol of oppression and tyranny. I think protest is one of the strongest instruments that we have. Before Colin Kaepernick sacrificed his status in society as an NFL quarterback, ultimately losing his job for silently protesting racial injustices. Before Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf was suspended, silently protesting the national anthem as a symbol of oppression, there was one man. Craig Hodges. President Trump has been trying to rewrite the timeline on his coronavirus response. I think our whole group has been spectacular. So here are the facts. In 2014, the Obama-Biden administration put together the Global Health Security Unit within the White House National Security Council. We have to put in place an infrastructure, not just here at home, but globally, that allows us to see it quickly, isolate it quickly, respond to it quickly. 
They also assembled a 69-page pandemic response playbook. Now, in 2018, President Trump fired the Global Health Security Unit. I'm a business person. I don't like having thousands of people around when you don't need them. He also declined to renew CDC epidemic prevention funding, causing it to downsize in 39 countries, including China. Now, reporting from ABC suggests that intelligence officials were warning about this new disease emerging from China as early as November 2019. Nobody would have ever thought a thing like this could have happened. The administration has disputed that, but we know that at least as early as January 3rd, the White House National Security Council was briefed. In January, before Germany had a single case of the coronavirus, they began working on a test. January... You guys won't believe this video. So a CHP officer gets called to the DMV office based on a disturbance report when he gets... Hi there, I'm Barry Baumgartner, founder of Sage... The United States is the kindest, most open-minded place on the planet. The U.S. has done more for other people and received less in return than any nation in history by far. So that's Tucker Carlson last night on Fox News delivering sort of the foundational pacifying myth that his commentary is designed uh, for the, the audience. It's we... COVID-19 is certainly revealing some uncomfortable. Journalists over at ProPublica have obtained some tax documents uh, in regard... Hey, 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 so my pal's over... These are two of the most recognizable photos from World War II. The one on the left is raising the flag on Iwo Jima by Japan. This is the number one reason why we've created this platform. The gigs... Federal appeals court has ruled that Donald Trump must hand over his taxes to... Here's the issue with so many filmmaking programs. I keep hearing how we have all these coal companies. If you are not concerned about your responsibilities and you're only concerned about your rights, you're just selfish. Because in every right, there is an inherent responsibility. It's a hot topic right now. Everybody's talking about their individual rights. If you want ultimate freedom, you want the right to do anything anything as long as you are not infringing on somebody else and that's the society i want hey my friend how would you like to gain instant credibility you know america's not unique in its sins as a country we're not unique in our evils to be honest with you um i think where we where we may be singular is our fu- a refusal to acknowledge them Mm. And the legends and myths we tell about our inherent, you know, goodness uh, to hide and cover and conceal so that we can maintain a kind of willful ignorance that protects our innocence. See, the thing is that when we, the Tea Party was happening, we used people were we were saying pundits, oh, it's just about economic populism. <laughs> it's not about race. When people knew, people knew, social scientists were already writing that what was driving the Tea Party were anxieties about economic demographic anxiety. shifts. That the country was changing, that they were seeing these racially ambiguous babies on on Cheerios commercials. That the country wasn't quite feeling like it was a white nation anymore. And people were screaming from the top of their lungs, yo, this is not just simply economic populism. This is the ugly underbelly of the country. See, the thing is, is this. 
and I'll say this and I'll take the hit on it. There are communities that have had to bear the brunt of America confronting, white Americans confronting the danger of their innocence. And it happens every generation. So somehow we have to kind of, oh my God, is this who we are? And just again, another, here's another generation of babies. Think about it, that two year old had his bones broken by two parents trying to shield him from being killed. A woman who has been married to this man for as long as I've been on the planet almost lost her, lost her husband. For what? And so what we know is that the country has been playing politics for a long time on this hatred. We know this. So it's easy for us to place it all on Donald Trump's shoulders. It's easy for us to place Pittsburgh on his shoulders. It's easy for me to place Charlottesville on his shoulders. It's easy for us to place El Paso on his shoulders. This is us. And if we're going to get past this, we can't blame it on him. He's a manifestation of the ugliness that's in us. I've had the privilege of growing up in a tradition that didn't believe in the myths and the legends because we had to bear the brunt of them. Either we're going to change, Nicole, Are we going to do this again and again? And babies are going to have to grow up without mothers and fathers, uncles and aunts, friends, while we're trying to convince white folk to finally leave behind a history that will maybe, maybe, or embrace a history that might set them free from being white. A group of Republicans... Now, let me just give you a little background. This paper was written approximately in 1969 and presented in 1970. It was written for a group of black psychiatrists who were looking at racism. It was also written because as a psychiatrist and working in a hospital trying to treat black people and white people, but recognizing that the majority of the problems that black patients had in a psychiatric hospital, when you took a history, you would run smack into racism. So I knew I had to understand racism to help solve the mental health problems of black people. So out of my brain computer, putting in the question, why? Why do we see this behavior? Why have we seen it for hundreds of years? So I thought about these two things, basically two facts, that even though the white population says that people of color are minorities, minorities, that it is the white population that is the, the minority, majority. the minority on the planet. That's the reality you're saying. That's the reality. Yeah. That in spite of the fact that black people, non-white people have heard over and over again, you're genetically inferior because you are non-white, that in reality, White skin is a genetic recessive status, not as said by Francis Wilson. What is you see, what meaning is that the that white so plus what? colored. Well, wait a minute. It's not Francis Wilson that is concerned about the disappearance of white. Ben Wattenberg just wrote a book, The Birth Dirt. There have been multiple articles in the newspaper talking about the decline of Western populations. Yeah, here's so, the uh, here's the Western Post, just to name one. We are a depopulation uh, bomb, the withering of the Western world. Here, incidentally, uh, this was uh, this was the percentage of the West population in 1900, the turn of this century. Uh, about 30 percent. 
this is where we'll be less than 10% in, in the year 2075. Here's where we are about today, 15. Does so we're not having so babies. So why should not why we have to stay our asses at home? Genetic annihilation. In other words, I look at, this is Dr. Martin Luther King's birthday holiday, and people will say, well, here's a man who talked about love. Why was he killed? And I say that the... Sometimes you stop paying attention to all of this craziness. And then when you tune back in, you find out that it's getting crazier. And when you listen to Mitch O'Connell tell Barack Obama, basically, shut up. Mind your business, boy. I notice how they try to debate it in a political sense. I don't I don't see it that way. I see it for what it is. It's racism. And that's what's eating away at America. This virus exposes it. It's straight up racism. It's always has always was. And maybe will be. Maybe, I don't know. I'm just saying, it's straight up racism. This shit just, you know, if you think it's not, you're just denying the truth. And um, Barack Obama seeing what Donald Trump is doing to the country, and he spoke out, and Mitch O'Connell basically told him to shut the fuck up. Mind your business, boy. Now, that's racist. He blocked the man, disrespected the man, and he's still disrespecting him. And what did Barack Obama do to him? Prove to the world that a black man is capable of being president of the United States and qualified to be president of the United States more than the white man they went out there and put in charge of the United States. Donald Trump is a joke. And Mitch O'Connell and that Republican Nationalist Party is being exposed. So, as a voter in a so-called civilized society, these are bad times. brought on by a virus and they are switching over the political side political side this damn thing into a political conversation that is not political it's personal to each and every one of us you know our lives have been stopped and uprooted and thrown apart some people still freaking out and others is freaking out so bad that they actually open the fuck up, you know, bars and listening to these crooked governors and um, falling into the trap. And, you know, when you sit back and you watch the world lose its 
especially your own people in your own country, lose it. You begin to see democracy is fragile. And um, who you send to Washington to represent you is very important. Because a bullshit shit salesman sold America a bag of bullshit. Um, we know he doesn't like much this administration is doing. That's understandable. But I think it's a little bit classless, frankly, to uh, critique an administration that comes after you. You had your shot. You were there for eight years. The news uh, over the last 24 hours I think has been somewhat downplayed about uh, the Justice Department dropping uh, charges against Michael Flynn. That's the kind of stuff where you you begin to uh, get worried that basic, not just institutional norms, but uh, our basic understanding of the rule of law uh, is, is is, uh, is at risk. said many times that the U.S. is doing far better than any other country when it comes to testing. Yes. Why does that matter? Why is this a global competition to you if everyday Americans are still losing their lives and we're still seeing more cases every day? Well, they're losing their lives everywhere in the world. And maybe that's a question you should ask China. Don't ask me, ask China that question, okay? When you ask them that question, you may get a very unusual answer. What, sir, why are you saying that to me, specifically? I'm telling you, ask China? I'm not saying it specifically to anybody. I'm saying it to anybody who would ask a nasty question That's like that. That's not a nasty question. Please question. go ahead. Are you going to include the CBC, Mr. President, in your conversations with your, your urban agenda, your inner city agenda, as well as... Am I going to include Are you going to include the Congressional Black Caucus and the Congressional... Well, I would. I tell you what. Do you want to set up the meeting? Do you want to set up the meeting? No, no, no. I'm, Are they I'm, friends I'm, of I'm yours? Don't get I, set up the I meeting. I know some of them, but I'm sure they're Let's go set up right a now. meeting. I would love to meet with the Black Caucus. I think it's great. The Congressional Black the official statistic, uh, Dr. Fauci, is that 80,000 Americans have died uh, from the pandemic. There are some epidemiologists who suggest the number may be 50% higher than that. Uh, what do you think? Um, I'm not sure, Senator Sanders, if it's going to be 50% higher, but most of us feel that the number of deaths are likely higher than that number. There may have been people who died at home who did have COVID, who were not counted as COVID because they never really got to the hospital. So in direct answer to your question, I think you are correct. I think we ought to have a, a little bit of humility in, in our uh, belief that we know what's best for the economy. And as much as I respect you, Dr. Fauci, I don't think you're the end all. I don't think you're the one person that gets to make a decision. Thank you for your comments. I, I have never made myself out to be the end all and only voice of this. I'm a scientist, a physician, and a public health official. I give advice according to the best scientific evidence. You've used the word we should be humble about what we don't know. And I think that falls under the fact that we don't know everything about this virus. And we really better be very careful. Very, very, very careful. What we're seeing here is a straight up power grab. 
I don't know why people don't catch on that the Republican Party is no longer a party that represents the people of the United States. I don't see how that you think tax cuts and bullshit and propaganda represent the United States. They basically have all the rings of power. So November the 3rd is going to be a showdown. And what I'm seeing and listening to is that it's a lot of problems in America that we're are we're not we're not ready or we're not unwilling to we're going to have to deal with him. But there might be one component that you'll have to deal with that we hadn't previously known about. And that was revealed in this uh, upcoming book that I decided to show a picture of, even though it almost seems like promoting it, and I don't want to. So Bill O'Reilly is the latest Republican pundit to uh, have uh, the blank of Trump book. They all have to have it, just like every edgy comedian has to have a special or a book titled Triggered. <laughs> every single one. It's so clever and unique um but anyway so he's got his book and he apparently has talked with uh with trump and trump has revealed his plans for after he leaves office including revenge so let's get in a little bit a little bit of this donald trump apparently is quoted in the book as saying i've learned a lot fact check shows that's not true um uh, i think this Mueller investigation will go down as one of my great achievements because the corruption would have never been uncovered all he does by the way he doesn't mean his <laughs> he means theirs all these powerful people trying to subvert an election, people wouldn't have known about it. Uh- Ahmad Arbery was gunned down by the McMichaels, Travis and... Should have kept his mouth shut, you know. Um, we know he doesn't like much this administration is doing. Yeah, well, they have. Yeah. When it comes to investigating the murder of Arbery, uh, oftentimes you'll hear that there are... I started off in Brooklyn. My father gave me a small loan loan of a million dollars. A small loan? A million dollars isn't very much compared to what I built. I'm across the border illegally. We'll bring them to sanctuary city areas and uh, let that particular... You're comparing Apple Air... And he pulled the biggest con in the the world when he won the election. I don't think that this is something new. I think that he's been lacking integrity and character for a long time. I don't think he's ever had any. He is... Empty. CNC breakfast in Korean in Castle Rock was packed. This video shows tables full with no one wearing masks. Owner April Ariano says they were so busy the wait time was two and a half hours. Yay! It was nice to have the buzz back. The owners said they originally followed the rules, doing just curbside or takeout. But after weeks of struggling, they felt it was time to stand up for small businesses. We knew that there's consequences. You know, we'd probably pay fines and you know maybe even jail, but. You know, we're willing to make a statement if this is going to help wake up some of these uh, congressmen, uh, you know, the governor. CNC said they've had to lay off most of their staff. Signs out front show their stance, claiming that business owners should decide for themselves to open or close. I think that people want to work, they want to live. You know, we live with danger every day. People go to war. You know, that's a risk. Jesus, it is a Petri dish. If you guys couldn't see it, the, the sign read, Attention, our freedom doesn't end. Where your fear begins? The bill first came up, unbelievably, and I know many Republicans objected to this. They were saying that, well, we want to give a 
whatever it was, a thousand or twelve hundred bucks, but poor people should get less. You see, because poor people are down here, they don't deserve, they don't eat, they don't pay rent, they don't go to the doctor, they're somehow inferior because they're poor, we're going to give them less. Well, that was addressed. Now everybody is going to get the $1,200, but some of my Republican friends still have not given up on the need to punish the poor and working people. You haven't raised the minimum wage in 10 years. Minimum wage should be at least 15 bucks an hour. You haven't done that. You've cut program after program after program, and now horror of horrors, for four months, workers might be earning a few bucks more than they otherwise went. Do, do I have anything to add to that? I do. Bernie was basically calling them out for what they are. No good son of a bitches. Man, that was a sample of, um, little samples of what's going on in the world. Meanwhile, death toll is climbing. And, um, you know, it's like a mind overload right now because I ain't never seen our government so dysfunctional. You know, they've always been racist white men in Washington, D.C. But the government functioned, you know. Maybe not as good as it should have been, but it functioned. Now, it's so dismantled, it's so just disbobulated that I don't think it's going to survive. That's my honest opinion. I don't think, you know, we have a government basically gave up the old Confederate song for state rights, talking about, oh, let the states do their own thing with the virus, and and people are going to find out there's a lot more people who are sick than you think, and they're covering up shit, and Florida and Georgia losing their mind over that boy getting killed. Back in February, and by some racist men who would gin up with racism and bigotry. That's part of the, that's the problem in America. That's the problem. Well, Barack Obama spoke up and spoke out. You know, George W. Bush and the rest of them, they made their little speeches behind the scenes, but hey man, this is our country. We don't have to love each other, but we in this shit together. You know, Steve Harvey, man, he have to give it to him. He woke up. I'm going to play a clip what he said about the um, governor of Georgia opening up the country. And, um, you know, this country got to get better than this. I'll be right back. You know, we in this culture war, we've been in it for a while now. Some of us wasn't paying attention, haven't, you know, haven't really gave it a thought. But that's what we are in. Ever since the 1964-65 Voting Rights Act. By 68, 60, 
70. They already started their war. They got their Richard Nixon in power. The Vietnam War was a disaster for the Democrats. So the Republicans grabbed their little snatch of the pie. Richard Nixon went to China. Our jobs went to China. Ronald Reagan been lying to us. Ford forgot why the fuck he was president. But Ronald Ronald Reagan, they got their showpiece. America was in decline after the Republicans fucked it up and it off to Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter wanted to put solar panels on the White House and Ronald Reagan was talking about black women driving Cadillacs collecting welfare. So from welfare month to today, we've been fighting this cultural war. I'm just keeping it real. You know, with this virus out here, this is May the 12th. And um, we're still under quarantine up here in, you know, in the Northeast. And I want people to be careful who goes out there and want to be foolish not protect themselves. This thing is bad, man. You know, the little clips of news that you get, it's not telling you the whole story. You know, when you have to drive down the road and you see 30 freezer trucks full of bodies, then it make you say, what the fuck is going on? So remember, whatever this thing is, it's not what they're telling you it is. This thing is bad. Scaring the shit out of them now. But with that said, they're trying to blame Obama, man, and they're trying to get their boy Flynn off, and and all of this crazy mess is going on. And and it's, just listen to some of the sh- mess they be talking, man. Should go to jail. I mean, I listen think it's like a five-year sentence for unmasking uh, General Flynn. Uh, it's fantastic. Where do we start? Where do we start? <sighs> well, I mean, it's, it's that last one's pretty pretty tempting. I mean, a whole... Yeah, it is. Uh, it is. I, I'm curious it, because, I, you know, I, I'm not a believer that this stuff ever happens, right? It doesn't feel like it ever happens. Like, we always talk about right. these, like, big charges that are coming down. And, you know, when it comes to these big, powerful people in Washington, is it ever going to really occur? I suppose if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be Donald Trump. Um, yes. So, yeah, let's start there. And he has reason to. Yeah. Really? No, I mean, because, you know, we could all die before we finish that story. It's like when you go to a restaurant. Start with dessert. You could die before the meal gets here. Start with dessert. It's fair, although it doesn't necessarily cleanse your palate. The, <laughs> all right. If you, okay. All right. And an appetizer doesn't necessarily uh, cleanse the palate that well. Well, I usually have. Ah, I made it to dessert. So right, I'll have up. a you second dessert. dessert. Mm-hmm. Let me hear your bullshit. If all you eat is dessert, then you're, then you're always living life to the fullest. <laughs> Exactly right, Stu. Finally, someone who understands me. <laughs> I married. I married the wrong person. Um, acting, dire- acting director of the National Intelligence, Richard Grinnell, has declassified a list of Obama administration officials oh, involved on, in man. the illegal unmasking Obama of General again. Michael Flynn yeah, and wiretapping. You know, now, what's interesting is we almost had Grinnell on. Do you remember? Yeah, we had Grinnell on because we knew he knew something. We knew he knew something. And it was during the uh, the Biden thing, and at the it's last minute we thing couldn't get the satellite Shut up or whatever it was because he was over. Uh, 
60% of Americans support allowing people to vote by mail-in ballot, including a plurality of Republicans. But many elected Republicans, including the president, are trying to block it. And time is now running out. Industry leaders and election experts say that expanding voting by mail for November could require making commitments in the next few weeks. Congress must act now to fund such voting, and states need to do whatever it takes to make it happen, because people should not have to choose between their health and participating in democracy. This is what's going on in the world, man. You're watching MSNBC. MSNBC. Now. What crime exactly are you accusing President Obama of committing, and do you believe the Justice Department should prosecute him? Now listen to this. Uh, Obamagate. It's been going on for a long time. It's been going on from before I even got elected, and it's a disgrace that it happened. And if you look at what's gone on, and if you look at now all of this information that's being released, and from what I understand, that's only the beginning. Uh, some terrible things happened, and it should never be allowed to happen in our country again. And you'll be seeing what's going on over the next, over the coming weeks. But I, and I wish you'd write honestly about it. But unfortunately, you choose not to do so. Yeah, John, please. Um, what is the crime exactly that uh, you're accusing him of? You know what the crime is. The crime is very obvious to everybody. What the fuck is he talking Phil about? Phil Rucker, The Washington Post, exposing Donald Trump's repeated and debunked efforts to blame former President Obama for the Russia investigation and Michael Flynn's own lies told to the FBI, lies he admitted to telling. Trump is unable to define Obamagate and those alleged crimes. But what is clear is the president's attempts to divert attention away from his administration's handling of the pandemic. Our friend Frank Figluzzi writes it may be part of an even more troubling effort. He says Trump's, quote, truth twisting is to try and protect his ego on a, quote, scorched earth joyride against justice. It's an intensifying strategy and one that he can't pull off without Attorney General Bill Barr. Joining us now is the aforementioned Frank Figluzzi, a former assistant director for counterintelligence at the FBI, former also, our friend, former acting Solicitor General Neil Katyal is here. Frank, take us through um, your piece because it's, it's terrifying, but it is all out in the open. Donald Trump has sought to prosecute his political enemies since um, when Jeff Sessions was the Attorney General and Don McGahn was the White House Counsel, and, and those efforts were thwarted then, but not so much now, maybe, with Bill Barr there. Well, I talked about in the article that it's not very difficult to engage in what I call predictive analysis. The clues and warning signs have been there and they're getting stronger and stronger that tell us where this is all headed and what the next weeks and months ahead are going to look like. And clearly, if you look at what the president has been retweeting, the kind of conspiracy content he's been retweeting and what he's been saying publicly into the press, um, all signs are that we're headed toward a period of time that's going to be quite ugly, where he's going to certainly um, imply and want people to infer that President Obama and Vice President Biden engaged in a conspiracy against him to gin up the Russia hoax, as he calls it, to gin up the case against Flynn. And on a worst case scenario, as I point out in the article, we may see an accomplice in this mess, and that would be the Attorney General of the United States, who might even go so far as to attempt to charge or smear in some official way, perhaps even to try to call a grand jury where we see former officials, prior administration officials attacked, attempt to ruin them. But I want to point out, as I did in the article, that th it's really important to understand the fact versus fiction. What I see in the conspiracy theories, particularly the Federalist article that the president retweeted, is the notion that just because the intelligence community was briefing the Obama White House 
on the Russia threat, on concerns about Flint during the transition period. And just because President Obama said, hey, this concerns me because we're about to give classified briefings to the incoming administration. Please tell me whether we can trust Flynn and the transition team to give them the classified briefings. The intel community went out and looked at that. Now everybody on the Trump side seems to be saying, there's the bombshell evidence that this was a conspiracy. Neil, um, Frank Lizzy writes about and talks about fact versus fiction. Here's some facts that I remember. Fact, the person who warned Donald Trump not to put Mike Flynn on any of the lists for key national security positions, posts, including national security advisor, including defense secretary, including CIA director or uh, secretary of state. It wasn't a Democrat, it wasn't Obama. It was Chris Christie, fact. Chris Christie was fired as head of the transition for not putting Mike Flynn on any of the lists as even a top five or 10 candidate for any important national security position. Fact, Chris Christie was punished by Jared Kushner and Steve Bannon, who was his henchman in that undertaking. They dumped the transition books, which didn't have Mike Flynn's name on any of the lists for any of the key national security posts because he too shared concerns about whether Mike Flynn was suitable for a national security position. So there's a pretty inconvenient little uh, wrinkle in Donald Trump's fantastical delusions about Mike Flynn and the Russia investigation. Chris Christie didn't think he belonged anywhere near classified information or a senior national security post either. Yeah, it's um, it's fantastical delusions, as you put it, Nicole. It's also kind of tinfoil hat-ish, really, at the end of the day. I mean, you know, I've taught criminal law for over 20 years at Georgetown. Uh, I've never heard of the crime called Obamagate. It doesn't exist. Um, and I think if you're a sitting president <laughs> of the United States and you're going to accuse your predecessor of a crime, you darn well better specify what that crime actually is and not just say, oh, you know it, well, you know, or whatever he said yesterday. That's ridiculous. And, um, you know, what this really is, is an attempt to distract, um, an attempt to distract not just from the terrible handling of the pandemic with now 80,000 lives lost, but also the terrible handling of the Flynn case itself. I mean, what they are throwing up is a bunch of chaff that doesn't hold up. The fact is you had Michael Flynn plead guilty twice to lying to the FBI. The government admits he lied to the vice president. And now they're trying to, you know, now they've tried to drop the charges. And they're hoping with all of this, you know, innuendo about Obamagate and stuff, people will just get confused. And that's why I think it's so important um, for the judge in the Michael Flynn case to do what a former federal judge has said today in the Washington Post, uh, Judge Gleason, which is you got to inquire into the circumstances of this dropped prosecution because at, uh, at stake is really the idea of rule of law and justice. And even if the president at his press conferences wants to throw out these words like Obamagate and, and stuff like that, the American public have a right to know what happened here and get to the bottom of it. Neil, a serious question. Um, I, I know people that know Bill Barr or knew Bill Barr. Why do you think he's so devoted to the weakness he projects by rolling on his back and letting Donald Trump tickle his tummy? I mean, why act so weak that you cannot stand by career prosecutors? Why, why can't you stand by the confession? Why can't you stand by an, an admission of lying to the FBI that Judge Sullivan affirmed and sought last year? I mean, why, why the weakness from someone like Barr? I, I can't speculate to Barr. I mean, I've seen it with so many people in the Trump administration, which is um, they lose their moral core. 
and they're afraid. They're afraid of Trump's bullying and, um, you know, whatever core they had. You know, let's be honest, a lot of the people in there are D-teamers who wouldn't, uh, you know, be looked at seriously in any other administration, but because they have slots to fill, they get them filled. Um, but, you know, this is a very, you know, a serious set of things that's happening at the Justice Department and throughout the administration. And one would hope that, you know, that some of the leadership would have the bravery of the career folks, but unfortunately it doesn't seem that way. And so that's why you see these career prosecutors resigning and withdrawing from cases and so on. And Trump is just hoping and Barr is just hoping that maybe they can get away with it without any scrutiny, without any oversight. The House doesn't seem capable of having oversight. You know, Barr has dodged the request to appear before the committee. Um, and so now it really does fall to that federal judge in Washington, D.C. to really uncover the truth. And you know what the truth is. White nationalism. That's what the truth is. This is the game. Play us against each other. <clears throat> Divide and conquer. <clears throat> Came out of an old playbook of hate. These rich, powerful people stole you, our government years ago. Corporate interests. They don't care about the average working man. Only thing they see an average working man is good for is voting. He promised them a bunch of bullshit and neither side really gonna fulfill it and just gonna, you know, fight over it and deny it and four years went by and you didn't get it. This is the game they've been playing, man. Against the working class. White, black, yellow, brown, doesn't matter. But they use the ignorance in those classes against us. Your own stupidity against you. Donald Trump blaming Barack Obama for something that they know that is true. Donald Trump, the Russians, Cambridge Analytica, the Brexit, all connected. But you won't hear that in the news because they're going to protect Robert Mercer, Charles, or David which one, whoever did over there on the coach side. And these billionaires, they're going to protect them. You know, Bessie the boss, she's at home. Secretary of Education, what for? She doesn't know anything about public education. But she's a white nationalist. Laura Ingram, Fox News, all designed to divide and conquer this country. Now... They know that the base of the Republican Party is a bunch of racists, and they use Barack Obama as the bait to gin up the base. Meanwhile, the virus is killing Americans, over 80,000 now. You know, it's 81 almost. It's a lot of people. And I think it's over almost 100,000, but they're not telling us the truth. was fighting amongst each other. People got to go to work, but they're not giving, helping out like Canada helping their citizens. This brother was talking about what's going on in America, why Barr doing what he's doing. They're protecting the white nationalism in the Republican Party. Donald Trump is just a figurehead. He's just an idiot that they put there. 
but there to gain power because the base needed someone to latch on to. You think that these people are different than you and I. They are. They have money, power, old money, wealth. Only difference. That's the only difference. Now they think that they are mentally superior to those who are uneducated the way you play the game like Bessie Sabal wants to, to do, pay for an education. But she forgot. People have, those who have common fucking sense can see through this shit. You have to be a rocket scientist to see the game they're playing. Eli Moss, a little fucking spoiled brat from South Africa. Not playing, he's not playing with his rockets. He want to play with his battery-operated cars. Now he say the governor told him in California not to go back to work right yet. Hold on, hold on. He said, fuck it, I'm going to open up my plant anyway. See when it's gone. They feel that they're above the law. You know? How did a little young man like that get that much wealth? The motherfucker was born into it because their family stole it. You know, I would never buy one of his little electric cars. Fuck him. Little kid of Facebook. Hey, Zuckerberg, whatever the fuck his name is, who cares? Billions, trillions. Walks around with t-shirts and jeans and flip-flops. But he's still arrogant as fuck. It's a class thing, man. It's a class thing. Those who write the laws say we're above the law. So, the segment you're listening to. This is how Donald Trump tried to ex- try to blame Barack Obama for this. That's his escape. The black guy. One of the most brilliant black men who ever could be president of the United States. He was disrespected by white men <laughs> because they didn't see the brilliance in him. All they seen was Hey, that nigga made it to be president of the United States. And that fucked him up. Because they was taught that black folks is inferior. I'm talking to you, Mitch. Donald. Conservatives. I'm talking to you. Alright. You're listening to the Cold Comedy Show. I don't think shit is funny anymore. Welcome back to the Cold Comedy Show. How's everyone doing? Hope everyone's doing good still. Keeping your mind straight. Okay. Um, President, he... Came out and basically said um, everyone's being tested. Um, he wanted to get the economy back rolling again, and and I would love the economy come back, man. As a comedian, and a lot of comedians out there would love to get out there and start making people laugh and forget about all this chaos and craziness. 
But, <clears throat> you know, you can't be six feet near somebody. You got to wear a mask. This virus is still growing. Body counts are still climbing. But yet, they opening up the state. They want to open up the country because um, they're not concerned about the working class. They're concerned about the financial class. Donald Trump, he can say a lot of things, man. He can say a lot of things, but... You know, you can see that he knows he's over his head being president of the United States, so... He gets up there and blames Obama. Blames Obama. Blames Obama. But he has... um, The governor of Florida is hiding the, the death toll counts from the coroner office, you know? Changing the numbers, deleting shit. Don't want people to know that. So a lot of people down there in Florida is dropping. They don't want people to know that. When we let greed and crony capitalism take over the United States... Back in the 80s. It was taking hold in the 70s, but it took off in the 80s. You know, we was getting clues. The movie Wall Street, you know. Um, everybody's getting greedy, you know, everything. Just me, me, me. This mean society. You know, maybe it was high off of cocaine a lot because Medellin's was dumping a lot of shit in the country while Ronald Reagan was trying to kill. Contras off, and the nigga Wagwans. He was putting drugs in South Central LA and New York City. Maddie Ying was making tons of money flying that shit in into Louisiana, into Florida. That was the 80s. It's like the wild, wild west of drugs. We were so high back then, we probably didn't pay attention to. Greedy capitalism. Trickle down. It was fucking trickling, you know, trickle down shit. It was sounding good because it was making money. But then... <clears throat> they tried to genocide us, you know. They took all the programs that were helping the inner cities away. You know, there go the war on poverty. But you gotta understand, man. We always know how to come out of this shit. We always survive. I remember the days when my boys used to, when hip hop was first being born. Man, we used to grab us a stereo system and some speakers and, some, and go out to the nearest lamp post and jack into it, play music, block party, or run an extension cord to someone's house. But back then, Mama said, "Boy, you ain't using my electricity." Uh, we didn't think about all that racism, even though it was there. It was a little tamped down then, but not that much. We still had problems with schools, but we was, we got through it. So as a black man, my black people, people in general, some of you, you get through it. Well. <clears throat> 
Steve Harvey, man, he's coming around after he done realized that that little trip to uh, the Trump Towers to greet President Trump. <laughs> like Kanye ran up there to kiss the Lord's ring. I think Steve Harvey, man, he's waking up. He lives in Atlanta. He has a radio show. Uh, you guys can check him out, man. Steve Harvey FM. Check him out. Um, I think he realized, man, hey, these white motherfuckers trying to kill us. Because it doesn't make any sense for the governor of Georgia, the governor of Florida, open up the state. But I did a podcast, man, and it, I told him, the reason they opening up, they ran the numbers. But, you know, I give it to Steve, man. You know, I give it to Steve. You know, he's realizing some shit. Check him out on his radio show. You know, let's check him out on his radio show. And you're fighting out. You could be willing to give up your freedom. What's going on? You know, it's crazy out here. And, uh... Uh, today is the day that the uh, state of Georgia has opened up. I don't care what nobody say. Forget all of that. Atlanta is Georgia. Georgia is Atlanta. If you take Atlanta and Hartsfield Airport out of here, they'll close this state down. This is how much of a metropolis that Atlanta has become. Has probably the busiest airport in this nation. It's only two at one, and the only, only one can rival it, I think, is Denver. But this is busy, man. Um, this governor has made a decision, and only God knows what the decision is for. But it is based on nothing about concern for us. I live in Atlanta. Uh, several of us on the morning show live in Atlanta. There is nothing in this that shows that he cares about the constituents of this city. Now, listen to me, man. This that this man is talking about doing, for lack of a better word, this is flat-out stupidity. This is reckless behavior. It's downright really criminal what he's doing. Because he's sending the wrong message against no, all doctors, all science, the Center for Disease Control, the, Yo, man, the, the, uh, the Coronavirus Task Force, nobody, FEMA, every agency, all of the healthcare workers on the front line, the first responders, everyone to the letter says it's too early to come back. We have nothing. <laughs> They're trying to and kill we're going to endanger our lives at a barbershop so we can go get a haircut. Yo, niggas, they're so trying we can to get kill a us. Or get our hair put in, get it, get a set and roll. What? What? what the so fuck we is can go bowling. Are we that simple of a people? So we can go bowling? You, you've got to be kidding me, man. You've really. This is absurd. This makes no damn logical sense at all. I want us as a people to show everybody that we are thinking people, that we are not irresponsible people. Look, man, this dude right here and and the the things that he's opened, listen to me, man. 
this, this, this don't smell right to me at all. This reeks of something else that has happened to us in the past many times before. It just seems so, so rotten. Who is this guy? Why, did, why is Georgia first? Why such a huge city of Atlanta? You already know we live in Atlanta. Why the particular institutions, why barbershops, hair salons, nail salons, bowling alleys? Why are the places tattoo parlors? Why he picked up the people who are in business who make, a, a, that's a tough way to live, where you have to have other people coming in at close, close quarters in order for your job to be performed. You know, this is amazing, man. He didn't open up uh, uh, the stores or the gas stations, stores with the plexiglass on it. He opened up businesses that require up close and personal contact. If you go bowling, man, you have to put your fingers down in a hole that somebody else has already had their fingers in. It sort of just stinks a little bit to me. It's like fucking around with a hoe. That these particular businesses require very close contact, uh, contact in order to perform the service. In other words, it's almost like you can't miss. If you infect it, you can't miss passing it on because you that close to the person. And this shit is not This ain't just opening up. a business, man. I could see if it was a grocery store or something that this you could practice social distancing. None of these businesses, massage parlors, tattoo parlors, haircuts, nail salons, beauty salons, none of these can this you practice shit, social distancing. Something's wrong you. with this decision here. They just stood And I'd be damned if we're going to be the guinea pigs for this experiment that this man is having because he don't give a damn about you. You know why? Because Kemp, no, you didn't vote for him in the first place. He didn't win Atlanta. He won the outskirts of Georgia. All out in Rome and all that. He didn't win Atlanta. But if Atlanta ain't here, he can get reelected. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Y'all stay home today. Y'all stay safe this weekend. Man, I feel like cussing. Hey, that's Steve Harvey, man. And Steve Harvey, he's telling you, man. He's telling you something. But you know, <clears throat> how you gonna get the message? They don't care. They locking kids in cages. They still got ice out there trying to catch immigrants. And the immigrants are in the fields and the meat plants busting their asses to keep us fed. Pow. Crazy, man. It's crazy. Hey, I slide. I'll be right back.